Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. I'm Lisa Labas in for Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset, your place for what's happening in Chicago and beyond. Guns, they're becoming deadlier. Dealers are selling new add-ons that are turning regular handguns into an easier-to-conceal machine gun, one that can shoot up to 20 bullets per second. Here to tell us about how these weapons are getting into people's hands are two reporters from the Chicago Sun-Times. With us is Stephanie Zimmerman, consumer investigations reporter, and veteran crime reporter Frank Main. To start, Frank, how do you turn a regular pistol into a machine gun? A lot of these guns are Glock handguns, which are particularly suited to essentially attach this little gizmo to the back of the gun. It looks like it's the size of a thimble, and you slide it into the back of the gun. And uh, what happens then is it turns a semi-automatic uh, weapon into an automatic weapon. Um, that's a little definition for people who aren't that familiar with guns. Semi-automatic weapons um, require you to pull the trigger for every shot. An automatic weapon, you pull the trigger back, and it just continues to fire until you stop pulling the trigger. Okay, okay. So, Frank, how do switches and extended magazines work? How how do they make guns, handguns, more dangerous? Well, I mean, like I said, uh, you have an automatic weapon uh, can, can essentially spray an entire sidewalk or street uh, with 20, 30 bullets in uh, you know, a matter of seconds. And the, uh, the gun rises as you, as you fire. So unless you're very trained in how to fire one of these things, um, you know, the danger is not only are you hitting people you intend to hit, but the likelihood is you're going to hit a lot of people that you don't intend to hit. And that's what happened at a McDonald's uh, at State in Chicago on May 19th uh, yeah. this year. Yeah. Uh, and, and Frank, how did these weapons upgrades connect then to mass shootings? Well, I mean, like I was saying, um, if, you know, if you shoot four or more people um, and under our definition, that's a mass shooting. And um, if you have 20 or 30 bullets firing out of the gun, there's a likelihood you're going to hit four or more people. So we have noticed a uh, steep rise in uh, mass shootings in the last couple of years. And uh, law enforcement people are correlating that with the proliferation of these um, these uh, switches and extended magazines, which can hold 10 to 50 uh, rounds. And, and so um, instead of having to reload with a regular gun, um, it allows you to, to, to fire off dozens of, of bullets if you want to. Yeah. It's, so the number of switch-equipped handguns seized by Chicago police, it rose from like none, zero in 2017. And last year, the number was 356. Uh, th- that's just phenomenal. You know, that's just kind of uh, 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 terrible. You know, this year, police have seized, what, 866 magazines. So lots of we're talking about lots of bullets uh, being being recovered by police. I think it's a drop in the bucket, too. I mean, we interviewed a, uh, a person who sells uh, locks that are uh, connected to these switches. And, I mean, he says he sells hundreds and hundreds of them, um, you know, a year. And uh, that's just one guy. So, um, you know, the police are seeing these on the street more and more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there are obviously lots of people who have them that haven't been 
uh, arrested and had their guns confiscated. Sure, sure. Stephanie, why is this hardware becoming more accessible in Chicago? It's banned in the city and in Cook County. How are these extended magazines and switches winding up in people's hands? Yeah, well, first of all, the extended magazines, those are not illegal. And, you know, what Frank is talking about, these switches, those are federally illegal. And you can get 10 years in prison for having that. Mm -hmm. Those are just flat out illegal. But the magazines in many jurisdictions are perfectly legal. In fact, in most of Illinois, you can go and buy one. You don't have to have any kind of background check or anything like that. Um, They are banned in Chicago and Cook County. So in Chicago, you can't buy a magazine or possess a magazine above 10 rounds. And in Cook County, the limit is 15 rounds. But right. it's I found that it was very easy to, to obtain these. Right. You can just go to Indiana. Exactly. You know? Yeah, that's what I did. You know, I just kind of wanted to see see what that shopping experience would be like. So mm. I drove from my home in less than an hour. I was at the Cabela's in Hammond, Indiana, where I'm sure a lot of Illinois people shop. And I bought a 32-round mag for, you know, 38 bucks. and I paid cash. Um, the funny thing was the clerk asked me for ID, I think, to see if I was over eight, 18 or whatever age uh, Cabela's requires. <laughs> and, um, and I showed my driver's license, which has a Chicago address, but that wasn't any impediment at all. And I, I, I did, I want you to know, I did return the magazine before yeah. I drove back home because I would have been breaking the law. Right. But it just shows how simple it is. Um, you know, they're also banned in Highland Park, and the Highland Park shooter uh, is sure. alleged to have used um, uh, numerous extended magazines. Yeah, so you can go to a store and pick one, but I know that 3D printing is playing a role. Frank, uh, tell me more about that. It's... Uh, creating havoc for federal law enforcement authorities who are trying to, uh, you know, interdict this stuff. Um, originally, um, they were seeing these um, switches. They're, all, they're also called auto sears. I mean, that's the technical term for them. We're seeing them coming over from China and being, you know, marketed as everything from uh, car parts to, um um, you know, parts for replica guns. And, um, but like you said, um, more recently, people have figured out how to print plastic versions of these things. And um, the law enforcement is saying it's, it's nearly impossible to, you know, to find out where, who is doing that and, and where they're coming from. It takes a lot of investigation. And um, so what we are, we, we're being told by some experts some, you know, um, uh, gun control groups and others that it's almost too late um, to to rein this in. Mm-hmm. And um, they're talking about a different strategy, which would be to have uh, gun manufacturers change the configuration of their guns oh. to make it harder to put these things on them. Okay. All right. So the nationwide assault weapons ban expired in 2004. Uh, Stephanie, how did it lead us to this point. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a really interesting um, and important time frame. The 2004, when the assault, National Assault Weapons Ban expired, that kind of unleashed a lot of new products onto the consumer gun market. So be- during the National um, Assault Weapons Ban, Manufacturers could not make these um, large capacity magazines, so they were not being made. However, there was a loophole and they could sell what was already in existence. So there were a few still on the market. But after 2004, it just 
exploded. And there was a lot of marketing aimed at people who were seeing images uh, out of Iraq and Afghanistan, you know, soldiers in combat using, um, especially AR-15s, those have become really popular. And, um, and, and those are, you know, people who use them for sport or even for personal protection describe the AR-15 as like a really fun kind of weapon. They say they're easy to uh, put bells and whistles kind of on and off. They they have a, it's it's hard to imagine if you're not a person who's into the gun culture. But I've talked to people who use them for competition shooting, target shooting, etc. And those um, those large capacity magazines uh, those became really widespread and popular. And the National Shooting Sports Foundation, which is a lobbying group that represents the gun industry, they estimated, and this was 2018, so I'm sure there's quite a few more now, but they, in the most recent estimates, they estimated there were 304 million detachable magazines in America in use and circulation, including 80 million that are able to hold 30 or more rounds. So like Frank said, it's really... um, it's it's just uh, daunting to think about yeah. uh, if anybody were to try to get their arms around this. Uh, I don't even know where to begin because they're so commonly used. All right. I just want to remind everybody we're talking about the surge in deadly weapons uh, extensions that turn regular handguns into machine guns. Uh, Frank Main uh, with the Sun-Times, what kind of impact are these enhanced guns then having on bystanders who happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time? Um, we talked to a mother of uh, a young man, 17-year-old, who was just happened to be on the sidewalk outside of that McDonald's that I referenced earlier, and uh, he was shot nine times. Amazingly, he survived. Um, um, so we're seeing larger number, larger numbers of bullet wounds in people now. Um, hospitals are having to deal with more, even more gun trauma for individual patients than they had before. Um, so. That's that's one of the impacts, and uh, one impact is that you know law enforcement will tell you, the cops will tell you that you know they're increasingly outgunned with this kind of with machine guns against semi-automatic weapons that they possess. So that's that's another issue, um, and uh, just generally the impact here is that uh, there's a cultural surge among uh, some young people and in. Uh, and music and that kind of thing that kind of glorifies or, you know, um, glorifies these um, these extended magazines. I mean, they're referenced in in songs, and uh, we've, we've seen pictures of young people, like, brandishing guns, uh, putting them up on Instagram and, right. you know, it's, showing it, off their, their weapons. And it's, stuff. The, it's the thing to have. It's the thing to have right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephanie, what did you learn about some of the people that you interviewed about how they're acquiring these and using these weapons. Yeah, you know, well, the people that I interviewed, keep in mind, are not using the switches that Frank is talking about. Those are completely illegal. I was mm-hmm. talking to law-abiding gun owners that okay. just use these these high, these large-capacity magazines that, you know, go on and off a gun, and they can go on a rifle, they can go on a handgun. And I talked to people who use them for a number of reasons. Some of them use them in sport. They use them in competitions. Some of these competitions require you to have a 30-round mag in order to participate. 
Some of them prefer them for home defense. They say, if I if there were people coming into my house, I, I want them for protection. And I think, you know, after talking to a lot of people on both sides of this, you know, whether or not these large capacity magazines should be banned or not um, debate, I kind of arrived at this, you know, we are really in a circle. So there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of marketing aimed at consumers who buy guns letting them know that they need to have powerful weapons, powerful ammunition because they need to defend themselves. And what happens is these items can also be purchased by criminals who use them in terrible ways. Like Frank is describing with switches that then shows up on the news, a terrible mass murder in Chicago. And, um, and then that reinforces the message that the consumers see and then they want to buy them. So we're really kind of stuck in this circular pattern. Frank, was there anything that surprised you most in in the story when you were reporting it? Just the ease uh, with which you can buy these things, um, the kind of anonymous nature of of the Chinese manufacturers who send these things to uh, the United States and, and, um, you know, how there's this essentially a black market for something that create a really really devastating weapon uh, easily do you think I mean, there's was, do you think there's any way to prevent these uh, switches from being manufactured and distributed um, they are they meaning um, homeland security ATF uh, you know the alcohol tobacco and firearms um, and other agencies are working with the Chinese to kind of ferret out the manufacturers and you know they've had limited success there are hundreds of in, investigations into this, and uh, we're, we're told that, you know, they're having modest success in identifying and shutting them down, but it's it's really, obviously, really hard for us to work with the Chinese on investigations in China. So um, it's, it's, it's a very difficult thing to interdict these, these devices. So I'd say, you know, I don't have a lot of hope that, you know, we're going to be able to um, stop this from happening, uh, at least stop the flow of these weapons or these um, attachments coming in or okay. just being printed on 3D printers and uh, at, at people's houses, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for your reporting. I've been talking with Frank Maine and Stephanie Zimmerman from the, uh, from the Sun-Times. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. Thanks. This episode of Reset was produced by Jaime de Medici. It was edited by Ethan Schwab. Enjoying this investigative journalism? Then subscribe to our podcast. There are plenty more stories that shed light on what's happening in Chicago and around the world. And when you do subscribe, leave us a rating. It really helps more listeners find us. That's all for Reset. I'm Lisa Labas in for Sasha Ann Simons. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.